Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number 29. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell. On today's show, I interview digital nomad coach Christina Davis about her journey of leaving behind the traditional 9-to-5 job to jump into a more nomadic lifestyle filled with travel. In my personal update, I'll talk about some of my upcoming plans for providing you with more content from the Go Find Out podcast. All right, let's roll on to my personal update. It was so nice to take last week off and just focus on finishing up NaNoWriMo and wrapping up the first draft of my kids' book, A Christmas Tale, and Other Magical Stories. And during my week off, I had the opportunity to sort of step back and see how the show is going. I'm enjoying switching back and forth between the personal update and sharing what I'm loving right now, but I'm always open to feedback. So, you know, if there's something that you like or dislike about the show, or if you'd like me to start asking guests a specific question, let me know. You can always DM me on Instagram at GoFindOutPodcast or reach out to me on Twitter at GFO Podcast. So this last week, I also decided to create some extra content for those who support the podcast. I'm still working out if I should do this through Ko-fi or Patreon. I already have a Ko-fi account, but I've heard a lot about Patreon and I'm just wondering if that might be an easier option, though I'm not really looking into the subscription service. I'm really more looking for kind of one-off, hey, here's a piece of content. If you'd like to purchase it, you can for this low amount to support the podcast kind of thing. So I'm starting to lean more towards Ko-fi, but I will let you guys know next week. So one of the new pieces of content that I'm really excited about is a guided meditation exercise on kicking your fears to the curb. But just in case you're not sure that guided meditation is really for you, I'm going to also include a shorter guided meditation on goal manifestation at the end of the next episode. So episode number 30, which is a solo episode. So I'm pretty excited about this, guys, and I really hope that you guys are excited about it too. Today, I am also trying out a different setup for recording. So rather than sitting and recording, I got a fancy, not really, but a fancy new microphone stand that allows me to actually stand and record. So hopefully that will let a little bit more energy come through on the recording and keep it more energized and interesting. I will make sure to have more information for you guys about the extra content in the next episode, along with links for how you can actually support the podcast and accessing that extra guided meditation. All right, that is enough about me. Let's get to the interview with Christina and hear how she became a digital nomad coach. On today's show, I'll be interviewing Christina Davis about her journey of going from an office job to becoming a digital nomad coach. She now travels the world and coaches other entrepreneurs to find success as digital nomads. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thanks. I'm super excited to be on here. Yeah. Can you can you actually tell me a little bit more about yourself and kind of what you did before you transitioned to being a digital nomad coach? Yes. So like you said, I'm a digital nomad coach. So I help female entrepreneurs, you know, transition their life, face all the fears that come with the move abroad and all the logistics that go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But before that, I did something completely different. I was in medical device sales in corporate America. So I worked in the operating room doing that for years. 
I thought that out of college, that's what I kind of wanted to do. It's where my interests lied. And I got into it and I was doing really well. You know, at 25, 26, I was running my own team. I was making great money. You know, I had the ladder straight to success and I just really wasn't happy. Like there was just a huge part of me that was just always longing for more, fantasizing about a different life or a different way to spend my day. So I kind of came to a head at one point and was like, I just, I can't keep living a life for somebody else. Like I need to really live a life for myself, you know, and a lot of things happened up until that point to kind of lead me to there. But it just all came to one point where I was like, it's now or never. Like, I don't know what my life hasn't planned for me. I don't know what the universe has planned and I can't keep waiting just for like the right time to do it. So I left my job and I quit and went to go travel the world. And, you know, through all my solo travels for months on end, I kind of was able to really hunker down on what my passions were and how I could use them to help other people. And that's kind of how I came into my space now and being a digital nomad coach. Nice. And so can you kind of break down what does it actually mean to be a digital nomad? So being a digital nomad is basically being able to work and live your life with the freedom of going wherever you want, whenever you want. So, you know, you're working online or you're, you own a business or you're a freelancer, even if, you know, you work for a company, but you are a remote worker, but you're able to decide where you want to live, how you want to live your life and when you can do so. So as a digital nomad, you know, you might set up shop in Barcelona for a few months or a year or so, or you might be there for a month or two and then decide that you want to go to Thailand for a couple months, but you have the ability and the freedom to make those decisions on how your day and your life looks for yourself. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, (laughs) So you kind of touched on it, but was there like a, just a jumping off point or, you know, a time that kind of came in your life that was really the thing that prompted you to become a digital nomad? Yeah, I think when I, I started to hit a point in my career where Things were moving quickly. I was, you know, I was growing quickly. I was having that success quickly. And I was just, you know, with all of that, I thought that there would be this great, overwhelming, like joy and happiness that came with it. And I started to realize that there just really wasn't. Mm. And the more I started to talk to other people, the more that they started to speak to me and just say, you know, you're working in a job where you're climbing a ladder. You know, your ladder above you is your manager, your boss, or what you know, the person above you, do you want their life? And if you don't, then you're doing something wrong. Mm. And I started to really listen to that and just say that I can't have those things happening. I can't, you know, live a life where I'm living for someone else or, you know, looking at someone else's life ahead of me and not wanting to be there. So I went on a trip with my friends and I basically used a lot of my vacation days, um, almost all of them for the year to go to Greece. And while I was there, I, you know, was having the time of my life with my friends. I was living this life that I've always kind of wanted to. And then on my way home, I just started crying when I was flying back. I was hitting a point where I was like, you know what? There is nothing right now that is giving me what I want. There is nothing right now that is leaving me feeling that level of happiness. And so when I was thinking about returning and I was just like, you know, crying on the plane, I was like, something has to give. Either I can continue to work and go on these, like go on these trips to all these different places on the world that I had, you know, an extensive list for and just feel myself need to shrink back every time I went home into, you know, this box or mold that I was told I had to live or I could change my life. 
And I decided in that moment that, you know, I wasn't going to keep living this vicious cycle of just positive, negative, positive, negative. Like I want to just live a positive life moving forward. Did you have any like fears when you first stepped away from the office life? Oh, 1000%. I think, (laughs) you know, with any transition comes fear. And now when you add in quitting your entire job and moving, you know, to Asia Mm -hmm. into the mix, there are plenty of fears that come with it. You know, it took me, like I said, a lot of it builds, a lot builds up to me actually quitting. And I wanted, I had this in the back of my mind for, you know, a long time. And it wasn't until that trip that kind of was like, just pushed me over the edge of being like, I have to do this. Mm. But those fears held me back for those months on end wanting to do it because you have this fear of if I quit, what happens if I, you know, I don't make it? What happens if I start my business and it doesn't go well? What happens if I run out of money? What happens if I go and make this giant life change and I get out there and I'm not happy, you know? all of those fears kind of play in your head. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stability that comes with office life. Absolutely. There's a lot of stability that comes with knowing that no matter what you're doing, that paycheck is coming in every week or no matter what you're doing, like you have a routine that you can, or friends or family that you can lean on for everything. And sometimes when you take the leap abroad, you know, you fear that you won't have that support system anymore, or you won't have that to fall back on. And I think if anything, that's like completely the opposite. I think when you take the leap and you put yourself out there and face those fears, you start to realize that like you make up this entire deer in your head. You make it all up and you make it way bigger than it actually is. Because, you know, when I decided to actually tell my boss that I was quitting, like that was real. Like I can't go back. <laughs> you know, once you tell them like, I'm out, sorry, I can't just be like in a week from then be like, oh, I'm scared. You know, I'm going to actually stay. You can't do that. Yeah. And and I wonder too, like I'm assuming you had an apartment or a place to live at that time. What city were you out of when you were working in an office? So I was in New Jersey, working down in Jersey and you learn to shift your life. Mm. I think when you make these sudden moves and you actually put it out in the universe, like, and you realize you can't turn back is when you start to see a lot of shifts in all of a sudden you're able to figure things out quickly. You're able to find new solutions because you don't have another option. You know, you're able to end your lease on your apartment or you're able to find someone to fill it for you. Mm. You're able to, you know, find renters, you're able to sell up something. You're able to kind of figure that all out for yourself because you know, on the other side of that fear is something so much better. And I think that's what a lot of people get stuck on is, you know, I was compared to people who say, you know, what's something surprises them about you. And it definitely is the fact that I have a huge fear of flying. Oh no. Like flying. Yeah. You would think like people are going to so surprised. I hate it. Yeah. Like I actually literally hate flying. It gives me bad anxiety. I sweat. Like it is so bad when I'm on a plane ride and I hate it. But at the end of the day, I know on the other side of that plane ride is the best trip or the best experience. So, you know, I'll do things to help myself overcome that fear of push myself to get on the plane or, you know, found ways to go around it while I'm on the plane. I'm less nervous or I have less, less anxiety going on, but you know, I wouldn't let, let that stop me. And I think that you can use that same idea when it comes to changing your life. Like on the other side of that change could be the best lifestyle ever. It could allow you to wake up in Bali every day and go work at your villa and then go get a coffee with some friends from the world and, you know, explore a waterfall or do whatever or go live in a new city and you know meet all these great people but 
you have to know that on the other side of your fear is what exactly you want. So you need to learn how to kind of overcome it or just face it to get there. Definitely. I wonder too, you know, not having a set place to live necessarily, right? For like having a a lease, let's say like a year long lease, it probably also allows you to shift. And if it's lean times to potentially go somewhere that's a lot cheaper than where maybe you had been. A hundred percent. And I think that's a lot of things people don't realize are like, I couldn't afford to do it. And I'm like, well, most of these are, you know, way cheaper to do than you're doing now. So Mm -hmm. even if you didn't have any income, like you would probably almost be saving yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, on your monthly because you wouldn't have to worry about anything. Right. Because there's no apartment lease. There's no electric and no vehicle, I'm assuming, payments. You're just paying for car rides kind of occasionally would be my guess. Yeah. And a lot of the times where people move for digital nomad lives, like the cost of living is so much less. Mm. For instance, for Bali, like your cost of living is probably a third, especially if you're living like if you're living in a city in the States or living in the city in UK or wherever you may be, like your cost of living is so much less. So, you know, it might cost you $1,500 a month in rent in where you are now, where it would cost you $400 a month to rent a beautiful villa in Bali. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, what would you rather? What you have to save is even a lot less or what you have to worry about making is way less because your food's less, your cost is less. Like to live in, I was compared to Bali because that's where I'm headed off to next. Oh, nice. Yes. So like, to be honest, your scooter rental is $45 a month. A bit different than a car rental and insurance. Yeah. Exactly. Something about your car, gas, your your payments for your car, your insurance, like you could pay $45 a month and gas is literally pennies. So, you know, you can cut all your costs so much and be able to live this life. But I think people like build up in their head. They're like, oh my God, I have to have tens of thousands of dollars to go make this move. And it's like, you probably couldn't even spend tens of thousands of dollars in some of these places in a year. That sounds pretty good. You're, you're talking me into it here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so kind of pulling back to, to like the business side, can you give me an uh, idea of kind of what you actually do as a digital nomad coach? Yeah. So with my coaching, I basically curate like a 12 week personalized program for each of my clients based on where they are in their life, where their business is, where they want to go, and what's really holding them back. So part of my coaching is really working on number one, your mindset. Like we need to be able to face your fears. We need to grow your confidence to take this leap and, you know, shift a positive mindset and be able to shift your outlook on things. So you realize that your drive and everything you need to do it is there as well as I help you with all of the logistics that come with taking this move. So whether it be visas, whether it be, you know, taxes while you're abroad and or doing payments for how you get payments while you're abroad with your clients or through your business or how you can do conversions of currency. And one of the biggest ones right now is health insurance. You know, how do you have health insurance or travel insurance to cover things like coronavirus? Yes. Yeah. So I help basically pave the entire way to get them to where they want to go. So even on top of all logistics, like once you get somewhere, I'll help you find the networking, co-working spaces. I'll help you find all the avenues to set yourself up so you can live the easiest life for yourself while you're abroad because you know from traveling so much and having the extensive experience I do I've been through the ringer and I've learned a lot and you know I've had lessons that I was forced to learn which I wish I would have known the answer to beforehand so I want to help people not have to 
go through some of the struggles that I did moving abroad or living or traveling or doing whatever and just kind of make it the easiest transition for them to live the life that they really deserve to live. And now, did you did you actually plan to, to be a coach specifically when you stepped away from your office job? So I didn't. Coaching really wasn't what I thought I was going to end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I stepped away, I knew that I wanted to do something completely different. Mm. And I knew I wanted to do something in the travel space. And I started working online, you know, social media marketing and management and content creation and doing all of that. And through that and through kind of, you know, working with people in the digital nomad space or people who just kind of reached out to me while I was traveling and doing everything, being like, how do you do it? Like, I'm, I've always wanted to do the same. You know, how do you kind of do this? And I started to realize that there was a whole group of women who are so talented and have all the right tools to live the exact life I do. But, you know, they just need that extra push or accountability or help to do it. And so I decided to get my coaching accreditation. So that way I had, you know, even more tools to be able to help them go through this entire journey. So it was, you know, through all of that work that I realized that I wanted to help women feel the same fire in my soul and adventure and lightness that I had when I was able to live that life. And that, you know, everyone deserves to live the life they really dream of. It shouldn't just be, you know, something like a figment of their imagination. It should be real. Mm. And I wanted to help them kind of do all of that. Nice. And do you primarily work with women? Yes. So I primarily work with women. I you know, will work with men if they're looking to do the same thing and, you know, they want my help. But I focus on women because I think that there is a lot about traveling as a woman, especially solo or by yourself that I've gone through. And I think some women also fear Mm. or have concerns about or just want to be able to talk because traveling as a woman versus traveling as a man is two totally different things. Yeah, We experience different setbacks or we experience different hurdles that we need to come over or just adaptability. So I think I relate to them the best. Mm -hmm. So I focus on working with women just to give them the best help that I can. When you first started thinking about this or, you know, you decided to do it, did you have any naysayers among like friends and family? I would say not really naysayers, but there was always like a a piece of them that was not scared for me, but, Maybe you know, hoping it went well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Concern or, you know, just because it's different. Mm-hmm. It is. I went from corporate America and I was like, yep, nope, not for me. Bye. <laughs> and <laughs> took my leap to go to Asia and do all this stuff. And I think people were hesitant mm-hmm. because especially older generations, I think friends were more supportive because I think that you know, I'm 27. So in my age range, there is a lot of, you know, growth within where we're going online and people going to different sectors. I think with the generation above, they're getting used to it, but it's still something so new to them. Telling a doctor who's, you know, went through med school for 15 years and with all of their residency work and now is working as a surgeon, telling them that I'm going to quit like working in surgery and go travel the world and figure it out. There was definitely some like hesitation of like, what why or or you're crazy like there were some people who are like you're crazy like can't believe you're doing that like good for you but I just don't I don't get it and I was like well you don't have to get it that's the whole part of it like I think a lot of us get caught up in what other people think Mm -hmm. you know are other people gonna judge us are people gonna say things about us for changing our lifestyle or what we want to do for work and at the end of the day like it doesn't matter if they understand it It doesn't matter if they think it's crazy or wild. Like if it makes you happy, that's what matters Mm. because you're the one waking up every day in your life. You know, you're the one having to live it. So do you want to wake up every day happy 
Or do you want to wake up every day wishing you were doing something else? And for me, that drive of wishing I was doing something else and that drive of living that life far outweighed the fear or concerns of what other people had to say. Mm. And I think that, like I said earlier, we build up this whole idea in our head that people are always going to judge us or have something bad to say. And when I came to my boss and my family and my friends and I started to tell them all that what I was doing, I would say for the most part, like I was getting unending support, which... I didn't expect to get, I thought I was going to get a lot of questions and a lot of, or negativity or wondering what I'm doing or telling me I'm making a mistake. And a lot of people were like, you know, we've known you for so long and you've always had this insane travel bug with you. And we're so happy that you're doing this because we can see the smile on your face as soon as you start to talk about it. So having that support was amazing and I didn't expect to have it all. And I'm so happy I did. But with that came a lot of people who were like, it's amazing what you're doing. And I wish I could have done it as well when I was your age. And I was like, you know what? Like so many people are scared to step out and say, I want to change. I want to do this. I want to live something different. And I just don't want to live my life looking back in 30 years being like, you know what? I could have changed everything Mm -hmm. and I could have done it. And I wish I did. And I didn't. And now I can say, you know, I did it. Like everything's becoming what I wish it was back then. Like everything I dreamed of is now becoming a reality. And I'm like, I want to do it for the people who, for myself and also for all the people who are like, I wish I could have done that, you know, or Mm -hmm. are in spaces in their life where they can't make their transition, just, you know, go live abroad because they have, you know, a family or kids in school or, you know, other things that are stopping them. So I think that you need to live it for yourself, whether people support you, which you're going to find a lot of them do when you come out and say it because they realize you're living your dream. Mm -hmm. And anyone in your circle when you're living your dream is going to be supportive. They might have questions. You might have to explain yourself a little more so they can have an understanding of it, but they're going to support you. And the ones who don't, screw them. (laughs) Who cares? Honestly, like, are you going to let your, let someone saying like, oh, that's a stupid idea or that's never going to work, stop you from potentially having a six figure business that you're thriving in because Mm -hmm. you were worried about what they said? You can't let that stop you ever. Yeah. What would you say that your biggest challenge so far has been in just being a digital nomad? I think a big challenge with it is just getting outside of your normal life and figuring out your own routine Mm. for living that life abroad. You know, you go from working in an office and having your commute and, you know, working a certain amount of hours a day and then going home and you have this routine. And I think that one of the biggest transitions that people have is creating that outside of, you know, in the digital nomad space. Right. So it was learning how to prioritize things, you know, break down what my weekly goals are and time block things. Just because I can work anywhere from my computer or my phone doesn't mean I'm going to work 16 hours a day from my computer or phone every single day of the week. Like you need to learn to have that balance. So I think that it's a huge challenge that some people come against is starting to find the balance in living your life and working for your business. And I think setting up a schedule and time blocking was something that I learned from some of my own coaches and just saying that, you know, set out two hours a day to do your one task, then move on to the next and then set out an hour for that and kind of block out what you're going to do for the day. And you'll start to realize you're accomplishing a lot because I think, you know, as digital nomads or business owners, we have so many big goals we want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And it feels overwhelming to like, oh my God, I have to get all this done by the end of the week. But if you break it down to little steps and block it throughout your week, you'll realize you accomplish a whole hell of a lot more when you do it that way. So I think it's just figuring out how your life 
how you want your life to look every day and just implementing it in a way that is beneficial to you and you know where you live or how you want to be. Some people want to spend 12 hours a day working on their business to grow it and build it and then do whatever. Some people want to work, you know, there's a four hour every book, you know, it's written for a reason. Some people want to do that. So it's kind of just figuring out what works best for your lifestyle. But besides like going into the digital nomad space, I think the biggest challenge in the beginning was just getting over the fear of what other people thought. Mm. And I think once you start to grow your inner confidence in what you're doing, that fear starts to shrivel. Do you feel like you have any specific habits that have helped you to be successful as a digital nomad? Definitely. Um, I think number one is really just like putting your mental health first. Mm, Like mm -hmm. you need to be in a good positive headspace. So for me, every morning I wake up and I have a journal that I write in. I will write down my goals for the day and I'll write down, you know, my mood or what I want to accomplish. And it gives me a space to just kind of work out what I want. And then I'll meditate and I need to put myself at a like calming spot to start my day. No one wants to start their day in a bad mood or in a bad space, you know, and I think that whether it is doing a light meditation or doing some visualization work on where you want to see your life to be or affirmations to, you know, grow your confidence and overcome those fears. But I think doing different types of meditation in the morning just helps to start your day off right. And I'll do that. And then, you know, accomplish my, like I said, I time block out my week and my day of what I want to accomplish. And I make sure I give myself time to also just enjoy a little bit of life. Right. And then, and at the end of my days, I go back to the same reflection journal and I wrote, write down what I did well for the day, what I'm thankful for, you know, and instead of focusing on what I didn't accomplish yet for the day or, you know, being like something took longer or, I got, or something else came up, but I didn't get to finish that today and I have to do tomorrow and worrying about all that. I'm like, you know what? I did X amount of work on my business for the day. I did two hours of it and I really did well at this and it made me feel great hmm. and just honing in on those things and those feelings have helped start and end my day in a great way to where I don't feel like a sense of overwhelm or being trapped in my own head. I think I'm able to kind of end my day and be like, that was a great day. It ended. I did that. Now we're going to start a new tomorrow and it's a whole brand new day. What do you think that you would have missed out on had you not pursued this work and lifestyle? Happiness. (laughs) Happiness. <laughs> That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Right. Um, to be like, that is just what I really feel like. I feel as if I would have continued to not be my true self 100%. I think that my job, like, I, I liked my job. I didn't hate what I was doing per se. I just hated the lifestyle that came with it. I hated the fact that I was tied down to a specific schedule every day or a specific times I had to be somewhere or the fact that I worked in, you know, a hospital. So on weekends or weeknights, late at night, if a surgery happened, I had to do it. Holidays, we didn't close, you know? So I just, I didn't like the lifestyle that came with it. I didn't like having to schedule my life around work or knowing that there's, I have a list, you know, a mile long of all the places I want to go in the world and the things I want to do. And knowing that I could probably accomplish one or two a year because I only get 10 vacation days. You know, that, that wasn't for me. That lifestyle wasn't for me. There was too much in the world to see and too much to learn from other people like especially in different cultures. I think that's one of my main things about traveling is I love learning from, you know, different cultures, people with different perspectives who grew up 
completely different way. I think it helps to mold such a good like worldwide view you have and kind of helps you to adapt to being the best version of yourself. So not being able to do that wasn't in the plan for me. You know, not being able to travel what I want to or experience things for an extended period of time. You know, I didn't want to keep going to a country and having one week to see it all. I wanted to be able to go somewhere for a month or three months on end and really embrace like a culture or a place and call it home for a little bit. And that wasn't available with that lifestyle. And I think that once I quit my job and I left to travel and I had this just feeling of elation, like this feeling of just being light and free and I had this freedom to live an adventurous and fulfilling life to myself, I couldn't imagine ever going back to something that didn't allow that. So I think without making the transition to digital nomad, I would have missed out on like true happiness for myself. And what's one piece of advice that you have for women who are interested in pursuing a digital nomad lifestyle? Do it now. Like it sounds so simple, but we get so caught up in our own heads that it'll be better for me to do it in a year from now when I have more money. It'll be better for me to do it in a month from now when my business is a little better. Like we are making up those terms. Those situations haven't even happened yet. You know, you don't even know where you're going to be a month from now, a year from now. And do you want to keep waiting? And do you want to keep hoping that something happens? And, you know, I was talking to someone else and they were telling me how their in-laws saved money for years to retire and go travel and get to see things. And they waited, you know, their whole life and they were so excited to do it. And then the husband got really sick and he can't travel anymore. They're not able to ever travel. So they waited their entire life to do this. And now they can't, you know, you don't know what life has in store for you. And I don't think that it's fair to yourself to potentially never know what real happiness is like because you're uncomfortable in, you know, the position you're in now. I think being comfortable is something that comes with putting yourself out there. You will become comfortable over time. But when you're uncomfortable is when you, your passion and drive to accomplish everything is even higher. So just do it sooner. Like do it now. You know, we're in 2020, the year of coronavirus. If there's anything we've learned during this time, we're not even learning anything we have. We have time. We have more time than ever. People going into second lockdowns, things going into higher restrictions now. You have more time than ever to work on your dreams and make your dreams a reality. So why not do it? You know, nothing is stopping you besides yourself. All the barriers you think, financial, housing, anything going on, anything you think is stopping you really isn't. It's just you. I think that's really good advice. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you and your services online? Yeah. So people can find me online on my Instagram, which is Christina with two A's and then Davis, D-A-V-I-S, or Facebook at facebook.com slash Christina.davis.coach. Or you can find me online at my website, uh, ChristinaDavisCoaching.com. I'm available on you know every platform. You know, DM me on Instagram, message me on Facebook, whatever it is. Like I'm here to help people. It's entirely what my job is. And no question, no thought is too small or too little to reach out to me with. I you know, I'm here to help people and I want to help people really live that lifestyle. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Christina. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. I just really love interviewing guests who are coaches because they, they always have so much great advice and information for you listeners and for me. Um, I almost always end up implementing a lot of the recommendations that they have. For instance, one of the habits that Christina mentioned in this interview was that she feels that journaling in the morning and in the evening has really helped her to be successful. But she doesn't just write down her day. In the morning, she focuses on writing down her goals for the day. And then at the end of the day, she journals what she's accomplished and what she's thankful for. 
I just think that's a really great practice. I used to do these things called morning pages, which is from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And the idea behind those was to help artists kind of get their creative juices flowing in the morning. Basically, morning pages were you just kind of sat down and wrote three pages of whatever. For those morning pages, there was really no like specific thing that you had to actually focus on for writing. It was just getting those three pages out of your system and just kind of getting you jump started in the morning on your creative process. Definitely, I'll make sure to drop the link for Julia Cameron's book in the show notes so you can check those out later. So for me, those morning pages, they really did help me when I was a little bit stuck with my writing, but I eventually kind of fell off doing them and just kind of stopped. But then after interviewing Christina, I really liked that idea of having a focused morning journal routine. And since interviewing Christina, I've been keeping a journal of my daily goals. So writing down my daily goals in the morning, and then again, going back to that same journal and writing down my successes in the evening from what I accomplished from the day, and also what I'm grateful for. I feel like this has really been helpful to not only get my day organized, but also in helping me stay more positive during the pandemic and the elections. Because I don't know about you guys, but that has definitely been a struggle for me. There's honestly also something really almost relieving about knowing that I can write down my goals for the day. And then if I do everything and I accomplish those goals, great. And if I don't accomplish those goals, there's no reason to beat myself up over it. If I don't achieve them, I can just push them on to the next day and make sure that I finish them that next day. Another thing that Christina mentioned was the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I really love this book. And there's now an even more extensive revised or updated version of it available. And I did purchase that one about a year ago. And I go back to it all the time to get suggestions and information recommendations for how to more effectively organize my work and my business goals. And I've dropped a link, by the way, to that in the show notes. And if you're thinking of starting a business or even a side hustle, I highly recommend checking out that book. So again, it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And coming back to Christina's interview, Christina's lifestyle goal and the lifestyle she coaches other digital nomads in, it really tends to embrace the idea of a much shorter yet impactful work week in order for you to more fully experience other parts of your life. In this case, you know, having the full travel experience and exploring new countries and other cultures. So rather than just visiting a country for a short time and only getting the tip of the iceberg experience with that culture, the idea behind being a digital nomad is that you actually stay somewhere for a few months and experience a much richer life during your off hours instead of only during a two-week yearly vacation. I definitely think that it's important to remember that there are other options out there than just the traditional nine to five, you know, cubicle dwelling job. If you're currently in a job and doing something that you hate and you do it for eight hours or more a day, five days a week, then it might be time to look around at some of the more non-traditional work options out there. Or you could still potentially even do that job, but do it remotely if your employer is okay with you switching to remote, which right now most people are working remote because of COVID. So this might be a great time to potentially, you know, when things go back to normal and you're able to travel to hold on to that remote option and keep doing that job remotely or looking into something totally different that makes you not hate your life so much. There are now so many options out there for non-traditional work that you can do from anywhere. It's really just a matter of looking around for different options and then looking at what skills you have or looking at skills that you could attain through online training or courses. But certainly what Christina did, and that's definitely working out really well for her. So figure out what 
potential employment that you could find. And then the other big thing is figuring out what kind of lifestyle would make you happier, right? And see if you can start working toward doing that. Again, remember, if you're stuck and you're not sure kind of how to move forward and figuring this stuff out, there are people like Christina out there who offer specific coaching in just this kind of thing. All right, listeners, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and my interview with Christina. Join me next week for a solo episode where I deconstruct the myth of overnight success. As I mentioned before, at the end of that next episode, there will also be a short example of a guided meditation focused on goal manifestation. I hope that you're as stoked about trying it out as I was about making it. Until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own go find out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out. <laughs>